You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. And please welcome back the triumphant return of Mr. Pat Gray. Yeah. Yay. Yay. So happy you're finally back. Yay. Me too. Me too. You really missed us, right? Yes. I can desperately. Yeah. Desperately. (laughs) What was your top story, Pat? Uh, I think the racy, racist racism of uh, Megyn Kelly has become even more obvious in the last few days. Has it? Yeah, we'll clarify that. Okay. All right, Jason. Uh, I'm going to have to direct this to the camera and Florida. Floridians, what the heck is wrong with you guys? Good question. A friggin' socialist? Mm. Let's talk about it here in a few minutes. All right. Andrew? Uh, I have updates from our Canada Bureau. Oh, all right. Great. Can't wait to hear what's going on uh, with our friends up in Canada. But first, want to thank our sponsor, Brick House. Uh, I know Pat is a huge fan of mm-hmm. Field of Greens. Yep. You I love hate it. vegetables. I hate vegetables. I never get vegetables. So, Field of Greens is pretty important in my diet. Yeah. Um, it's a full serving of organic, certified organic fruits and vegetables. Um, and so I never have to taste kale or broccoli or spinach or peas or corn or any of that stuff. And you get your wife <laughs> off your back about yes. eating your vegetables. Yes. And it tastes delicious. So you can mix it in. I've had it in just water. And it tastes like Kool-Aid if you just mix it in water. Yeah, it's great. It's good. It tastes delicious, mm-hmm. but uh, you can also mix it in milk if you don't love water, which you should. Uh, or a smoothie. I mean, there are tons of things that you can just put it in. Uh, and you can maybe, I, I'm not sure that, I know on the directions it doesn't say to use for kids, but if you've got like an 18-year-old who you want to hide it because they don't want their vegetables, or maybe you want to hide it for your husband, I don't know. But you can go to uh, BrickHouseBlaze.com and get 15% off of your first order by using the promo code GREENS, or you can text GREENS to 41411. That is BrickHouseBlaze.com. Pat, uh, Megyn Kelly, super racist. Yeah, we, we found out what a horrible person she was. Yes. Um, when she asked a question, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not in America. Yeah. This is America. Don't be asking questions. <laughs> Not about race or people's or be taking offense about something. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't like she wore blackface. She just asked the question about why it was racist if you were just paying tribute to somebody and not mocking or making fun of them. So that got her fired. I mean, good thing. Because NBC draws the line at that kind of racy, racist racism. (laughs) Well, unless your name is Lester Holt or Hoda Kotb, who both have dressed in whiteface. And with Lester Holt, do we have the the photos of those? We do. Um, The Lester Holt picture seems even more egregious because... um, well, I think we've got the Hoda Kotb one first. Uh, here she is with uh, with Blake Shelton, dressed as Blake Shelton, looking like Bra- Blake Shelton, uh, in whiteface. Pretty white. Yeah, pretty pretty much whiteface wow. there. And I, you know, on NBC, on the that actually happened on the Today Show. Wow. But I thought they drew the line. At, you don't do that kind of thing on NBC. Apparently, um, only when it's black, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, maybe um, because Lester Holt, who's a black guy. Uh, and the anchor of the NBC, uh, NBC Nightly News actually dressed in whiteface as well as Susan Boyle. So not only not only did he have whiteface, it was kind of chunky, fat whiteface. Um, <laughs> was, was that was that this Halloween? Because I feel like Susan Boyle is somewhat outdated. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a couple of Halloweens ago. But people are like Susan who? Yeah. <laughs> they and you know, then yesterday, Al Roker dressed up. Uh, as a white person, as uh, Doc Brown 
from I'm, Back to the Future? He is pulling it off. I think I think like I'm. Yeah, I, doesn't he look great? I I know exactly who that is. <laughs> like he's he's doing a great job. I mean, he, he doesn't have his face. It's not white. That's that's what he says differentiates this because he didn't paint his face white. It's okay to be a white person and under those. <laughs> well, but I, you know, I'm going to swing for Al Roker on this. Like like that that has been the the principle that's been espoused by most of the people I doing this. So. Is you, you're yeah. allowed to dress up like someone. You're just not allowed to put on face paint. However, Although, what it's about cultural appropriation? Exactly. Right? Aren't you appropriating white? culture there by yes. dressing up as a white person? Yes, because remember there was a, a girl who wore an oriental looking outfit yeah, uh, to Chinese. prom. Yeah, and yeah. she was reprimanded. She was hammered she for it. not allowed to wear something. She didn't something. try to look like uh, anybody from Asia. Right. She just actually wore an Asian dress and was persecuted for that. Um, you can't put on, say, a Mexican sombrero. Uh, that doesn't seem to be okay anymore. And uh, well, so, I can, but you guys can't. Well, you could, yes. And the most yes. ridiculous thing about this is they're not making fun. They're not, you know, they're not doing anything to belittle. Right. It literally is. I think, I think the right. one with Megyn Kelly was she was just saying, like, look, if your idol is, I think, was it Aretha Franklin? It was Diana Ross. Diana Ross, Diana Ross yeah. Mm. You should be able to pay tribute to her. You yeah. Know? I mean, like, this is just ridiculous. I can't believe this. Well, and did, you said Lester Holt, that he added some... Added some, some roundness, chunkiness to, his, to the face. Right, so you there. could say that that would be belittling. Well, that's Susan fat Royal. shaming, isn't right? it? Right? Yeah. Kinda, I mean, that's what? Are you, how? I, it, it, just the inconsist, inconsistency, the hypocrisy, mm-hmm. uh, is kind of hard to take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think Megyn Kelly's probably going to be fairly well compensated when she leaves NBC. But that's not the point. The point is, she lost her job over doing something much less than these people did. Mm-hmm. And the inconsistency is tough to swallow. And, and you know that they just had it out for her from the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they, they were, were looking, looking for an excuse. Looking, just looking for the slightest little slip-up. It could have yeah. been something even more ridiculous than this. Yeah. It just, depend, it just happened to be that they got her on this one thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jason, what's going on in Florida? Oh, my gosh. So the current I, real, real, real Clear Politics on their average polling has uh, Andrew Gillum up over DeSantis by 2.9 points. And it's been fairly consistent. Like There's been some like Rasmussen-type polls out there that have had DeSantis pulling ahead by a couple points. But it's looking fairly obvious that Gillum is going to take this. And this is just absolutely insane. I just saw a report uh, from the Cato Institute which had Florida not only in the top five freest nation or freest states in the nation, number one freest. Wow. Number one. Above Texas. Uh, above Texas. Texas was actually middle of the road, which is very surprising huh. to me. They were like around 20 or something yeah. like that, which is very surprising. Still a lot of dry counties? Is that, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I get, that could be. I, it very well could be. Um, the bottom five were like your, your typical, you know, uh, usual suspect. New Jersey, New, Jersey, yeah. New, uh, New York, uh, California, one of the mm. big ones. Um, but after the changes that uh, Gillum, if he becomes governor next week, would make, they would go from, and look at this swing, from the top five to the bottom five. Wow. Is, 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 is Cato, Cato projecting, like, by the way, props off to Cato. I really like Cato, but is, is Cato projecting that that would be the, what would happen if all of his policies were instituted? Like, if he did it and the legislature were to, to back up what he wants, or is it just merely him getting elected? Um, no, so, so Cato is not saying, Cato didn't even mention Gillum as far as, like, oh, okay. what, just with the policies that lined up with whatever, what's gotcha. in California, New York, and all that stuff. Those are the same things so that Gillum policy, is proposing. Yes, right. His okay. policies exactly. being implemented. Mm-hmm. But just think about that swing. Like, voters actually, they think their situation is that bad that they're willing to do an entire 180 flip and go the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Florida's going to go erratic? 
What? This is stayed Florida? It's just so insane. I just don't, I can't get the mindset there. Like, you think your life is that bad that you have to go that far. Do you think that it's in his messaging? Because I know here in Texas, you know, we look at Beto's policies and we say, I'm sorry, O'Rourke's policies and we say, He's clearly a democratic socialist, but he isn't really labeling himself that. Okay. It's his messaging is, is so, you know, he's disguised that a little bit. I, lo- I, I love that you brought that up because Project Veritas just did a video out. Have you guys seen this? They, they just released this video. I, I'm not a huge fanboy of Project Veritas. Yeah. So a lot of the times when they uh, when they release some of these things, it'll be like, we got the janitor that works for Twitter, and he yeah. told us that shadow betting's going on like crazy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, what does the janitor know? But this kind of was a little eye-opening to me, and it had everything to do with the messaging that uh, Andrew Gillum is doing and how people are responding to it and how they're uh, campaigning it. Let's check it out right now. So, what is he doing? He's campaigning. He's politicking. So, you're saying that different environments, wherever he speaks, he'll, he'll address a different audience. Yeah, that's what a politician do. We went to college together. You did? Yeah. With him? Yeah. Oh, that's how you know him? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So you were fighting all the good fights together? Mm, a couple of them. Do voters know that? That's not for them to know. Huh? That's not for them to know. Remember how we're saying? Modern day fairy tales start with once I am elected. Gillum is a progressive. He's part of the crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. Wow. So... I, I just, I just, I just want to point this out. So his messaging has been pretty dang radical already. Now, if he's hiding something else, like he's, let's just go through it a little bit. He supports Bernie Sanders' single payer wall. Um, he supports obviously a lot more uh, government involvement nationally as far as state uh, involvement uh, with healthcare. He's also proposed a ban on semi-automatic rifles, whatever the heck that means, because pretty much every dang rifle besides a hunting bolt-action rifle is a semi-automatic rifle by now. Um, and from there, I, I don't want to even get into the weeds on that, but it's a ban on semi-automatic pistols. It's just a really quick step from there. Um, his radical policies go on and on and on to include a 40% corporate tax increase. Wow. That would be, yeah. That puts wow. him in line. So that, that would make them, bar none, the high corporate tax capital of the South by far. But that would also put them in line with places like California, where we've all seen what their corporate taxes have done. I mean, people, I read a story not too long ago that said since I think around 2009 or so, around 10,000 companies, small and large, have left California in droves specifically due to their corporate tax. Now, this entire strategy, like I said before, in Florida for the past, what, decade plus, has been lower corporate tax to attract businesses. So you, now you're doing the exact opposite. And let's also say, what is a corporate tax? And this is the same thing mm. like what, um, what tariffs are. It's the exact same thing. Like Tar- sneaky tax. Yeah, exactly, Andrew, exactly. A, t- a tariff is a tax on you. Yeah. It's not a tariff on these other companies. It's on you. A corporate tax, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's branded as a tax on these corporations, but you take the brunt it's of it. They have down. to raise prices, and you take the brunt of that. They pass along the savings to us. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> can, can, I, can I back up a little bit? Because I watched the, the video 
and I, I watched that and I was like, oh wow, so they've they went undercover and they embedded themselves and they found out that politicians exaggerate. I know, right? Oh, and also politicians make promises they, they can't 11. keep or intend to keep and they message depending on groups. I was like, this guy deserves yeah. a Pulitzer for this breaking news. I totally wow, agree. All 15 minutes of it. I totally agree, but I was like, really, if he's hiding other things and we already know these radical things about him, what the heck else is he hiding? Yeah, what is the allure in Florida? I don't to this guy. Why? Or what is the disconnect that they're not understanding? The yeah. I, I don't think Florida's ever going to want like the Anthony Hopkins of politics. Florida's always going to want like the loud thing because Florida, Florida's, it's, a, it's a grab bag state. So it's never going to have like that kind of um, centrist output coming out. You know, a good question on this is if, I mean, if Florida catches a cold, to put it in this uh, little metaphor, will the rest of the country, you know, sneeze? And I'm wondering if this first radical election will just kind of like kick off the dominoes and ever it will start spreading all over the place. We already know there's Ocasio Cortezes out there. Um, you yeah, know, but Bernie how Sanders. is it? So, but they'll, they will see the negative repercussions, won't they? And then how will how do you see it continue to spread? I, I don't even know if they will see the negative negative repercussions in the beginning because be this is late. this is the way socialism really works. I yeah, mean, once you start doing these things, and, and the, five the, years from then, ten whatever, years from then, you're like, holy crap, what happened? We're bankrupt. Yeah. Whatever argument you have against socialism, the the counter argument is, well, we got blocked by people that didn't give us sufficient money. So mm -hmm. there's no there's no way to disprove it. Out of curiosity, because I have not been following the the Ford elections much, I'm very much bothered by the 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 kind of new division of the Democratic Party between old liberals and actual out-and-out -out capitalist socialists. Mm -hmm. So like like Olivia Cortez is an out-and-out -out socialist. Uh, sorry, Octavio, uh, Octavio, how do I say it? Ocasio Cortez. I feel really, um, really, really offended right now. Um, is, is, is he's on, on board with certain Sanders plans, but he, is he actually, like, by, by his own admission, is he a socialist, or is he... No, I, I don't think you'll get any of them saying I want to, you know, uh, take completely take over the means of production. You know, I don't think any of them will say that. Of course, if you like, but a lot of them are endorsed by DSA and a lot of them support okay. a many, many but DSA pros policies. Does he say he's a, a democratic socialist? No, he, I've not seen him say he's a democratic socialist. Ocasio-Cortez yeah. has, right? Like well, see, that, and that's, yeah. the, that's the thing that freaks me out is yeah. it's like, we, we, I thought we got rid of that. I mean, yeah. like, like it, there were all sorts of problems that we're still working on, but it's sort of the general agreement that markets are good. We'd sort of arrived at, and there's now this kind of wing rising in the Democratic Party of going, actually, markets are evil. Right. And, and I'm like, that really disturbs me. Well, and the, well, the DSA, which they're trying to, they're trying to, uh, you know, disguise themselves as being as far just as if putting democratic in front of socialism makes any any kind of difference. Um, but they're trying to disguise themselves as no, no, no we're, everything's elected, everything's fine. We're just about like a more a larger welfare state. What a best authoritarian. Right, but 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 if you read their manifesto on their website, they tell you very specifically what their end goal is, and it says, go to their website, the end of capitalism. That is the nationalization, the taking over the means of production. No matter how you try to hide it and, uh, and disguise it right now with these new candidates like Gillum, Casio-Cortez, and Sanders, that's their end state goal. So, so then in, in, that, in that worldview, we are presently living in the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> following the conclusion of the Cold War mm. where all of that imploded. All right. Making a comeback. Yeah, uh, for sure. Florida, are you listening? Wake up. All right. We'll hear what's going on in Canada when we return. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall.
Andrew, what's going on with uh, our friends in Canada? Uh, so in Canada, they are debating a proposal to put uh, cigarettes cause or smoking causes cancer on every individual cigarette. So if you've seen <laughs> cartons, of, yeah, if, you, if you've seen cartons of cigarettes, both wow. in Canada and the United States, I think this is a fairly standard thing. It says, you know, it's like a really big thing on the back. It's required by law. Um, uh, smoking causes cancer. Uh, and sometimes they'll have like a like a like a heart or a lung that's been taken out to like really, really drive it home. Uh, and uh, I'm uh, I, I do not like government paternalism. I'm not a government paternalist. I don't terribly mind the government coming in and adding information. So, for example, I don't mind um, a requirement that shows calories on food. That doesn't bother me so much because it's just giving citizens, hey, you have the opportunity to look at this information, whereas I would have a very big problem with, say, like a cigarette tax. Um, the, the, the nutrition information also alerts you to which product is probably going to taste better because if it's higher <laughs> in calories, right. you know to go with that Trans product, fat. It's going to taste if better. Got trans fat, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> right. So, like, with, with this one, the, the thing that I'm, I'm kind of divided on here is, Again, I don't have necessarily a problem with, with government just supplying information on something. But what, what bothers me is I, I don't smoke, right? Or I, I smoke one cigar a year, and then I immediately regret it. Uh, because someone will offer it at like a party or something, and I'm like, oh, a cigar, I'm going to feel manly. And then I'll smoke half of it, and I'll remember that I, I feel terrible, and I want to vomit, and all these different <laughs> things. So for me, this isn't a big deal. What, what, I, what I'm curious about is, if, if you are a regular smoker who's like actually smoking two or three six-packs a day, I wonder if that just makes you feel bad. If that's the end result of that, is you're like, Wow, guess I'm going to get cancer. Going to think more about that because I, I don't know that that's actually going to push you. I don't. I think that this could be the type of legislation that makes people like me that don't smoke, smoke feel good, uh, and I can go, yeah, stick it to those idiots. Uh, how dare they smoke? They, you know, the morons. Uh, so I, I think that there's um, there could be a negative effect to this just beyond the simple um, uh, labeling. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, uh, can I wait on that? Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm personally. I, I don't. I don't think I'm for any kind of. Uh, Warning! I don't think from 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 the government or really? imposing that on. No, I don't because we're not babies. And once you set us up to be babies, like, hey, you you guys are too stupid, basically, to you know to do your own homework, to do your own research. Um, I think it should be illegal for them to lie about yeah. certain things. And, and, like and, and smoking, by the way, we've known this for a while now. It's yeah. like, right, it's not like only any, it, since 1963, though. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty new. What about you guys have to double down on every single cigarette in the pack? But I what mean, about okay? So so aside from cigarettes, what about the food thing, the calorie? thing that we were talking about earlier. Do you, do you agree with that, or you don't think that, pe- that restaurants should be required to... No, no I don't agree with no, that either. Yeah. I don't, if I want to be fat and eat, you know, eat, you know, eat myself to death, that's, my, that's on me. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like... I, do th- I will... I'm in the middle on this because, you know, there are a lot of Americans who don't understand nutrition. It isn't taught very well in schools, and they want to go and order a salad... And they think that the salad with all of this cheese and all of this dressing and yeah. all of these other things in it, they are, they're like, well, I'm ordering a salad, so I'm trying to be healthy. And they don't understand why they're not losing weight. So the nanny state should let you know that? I mean, I don't. as long as they're not telling you eat this and not that, and they're just saying, you know, hey, there are hidden ingredients in here that you don't know about. I'm kind I, of, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with that yeah. because I think restaurants are notorious for adding a bunch of hidden things. You know, you think that you're getting uh, grilled chicken, but they've got this, you know, butter and a whole bunch of other stuff that you if, don't know. If McDonald's wants to lie to me about their calorie intake, then I'm going to go to Burger King that doesn't lie to me about it. Free market fixes all. Uh, I'm going to say that the part where the nanny state comes in that I'm very bothered by is when there's actual steps to prohibit you from doing something or or take your money. That's the thing that bothers mm-hmm. me. Like so, like um, like usually the argument here is not over labeling with with smoking. It's over whether or not to to hike cigarette taxes. And empirically, it does lower smoking. But the thing is, it lowers smoking with people that are on the edge that don't need that help anyway. 
And so the people that are really addicted to smoking just pay more money. So yeah. it's a way of just taxing poor people for, for being poor and stupid. Uh, and that's, you know, it's just sort of this angry nanny state. So I'm like, overall, I'm with you. Nanny state, bad. That's, so that's actually, what we're doing in Canada is actually on the low end compared to other parts of the country. Oh, yeah. Last place, uh, I remember I was in Thailand, and it was hilarious. We were in a little, uh, like, 7-Eleven in Thailand. And it is mandate by the government that they have to show not only the wording that these are dangerous, but pictures yeah. on the pack. So instead of seeing like Marlboro or something like that, you see guys with their throats that have like been ripped out or whatever. <laughs> really? Oh you God. walk in and you're like, I was in Scotland for a wedding recently and, and the guys were going to get um, cigarettes and, and cigars and stuff. And I was like, does this stop you? And they're like, no, it makes me feel bad. And I was like, well, I don't know that that's serving any purpose then if it just makes you feel bad. Like, I'm not sure this is actually good legislation. Right. <laughs> um, Pat, mm. Trump tells the truth. Well, he tries. I mean, when he can. Uh, um, I, I, th- I think that was his exact phrase, is that he, he tries. He, I, I do try to tell the truth uh, when I can. Um, take a look at what he had to say. It's Finally, I remember, you remember well in the campaign, you made a promise. You said, I will never lie to you. So can you tell me now, honestly, have you kept to that promise at all times? Have you always well, been Well, I try. Truthful? I mean, I do try. I think you That's try, true. too. You say things about me that are not necessarily correct. I do try, and uh, I always want to tell the truth. When I can, I tell the truth. I mean, sometimes it turns out to be where something happens that's different or there's a change, but I always like to be truthful. When something's different or there's a change or when it's inconvenient for me or when I don't want to, you know, when I can. I I gotta say, that's the first time Trump has actually sounded like a politician instead of a a game show host. I I actually felt vaguely comforted by that because it sounded like the kind of thing a politician would say. It did. And it's it's something a politician has said. Uh, Hillary Clinton just said it a few years ago. She... She tells the truth when she can, and, and she try, always tries if I'm to tell jo- the truth. If I'm John Kelly, I'm like, Chief Staff John Kelly, I'm like, I'm telling the guy, like, okay, when he goes off the rails like this, to this is the guy with the nuclear football, yeah. you run in and say, right now. It's, it's, it's lightened up right now. You get him the heck out of there. Because, I mean, come on. He just kept, he yeah, does not he know when to stop. It just, it, the, uh, it's the second day in a row I'm using the term verbal diarrhea on the show. But it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, like stop talking. If I run for office, here's what I will do. I, I, I promise to both tell the truth and lie. However, I'm going, I'm going to do it based on rolling the dice. I will write down things, and then I'm going to roll the dice and go, six. All right, I'm lying about that, and I'll just come out and lie about it. So I won't know what I'm going to lie and be truthful about. That's the pact to make with America. All right, before we go, I uh, want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Um, so you never know when there's going to be some sort of nationwide disaster. Uh, you know, there have been some hurricanes recently or flooding and you lose power and you have no idea what to do because then your fridge is out. And I actually, before I started working here, I, I had not even considered it, had not even considered it. But it really is huge because you're not going to have any food left. Uh, my Patriot Supply has a 25-year shelf life and their foods are delicious. I know, Pat, have you... you Oh, yeah. My Patriot Supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's delicious. It, it's it better is. than, like, finding bugs to eat when you're in that position. And people always say, well, if you're hungry enough, you'll eat anything. Well, yeah, maybe, but I don't have to. Yeah. I can eat good food. Right, exactly. Uh, right now, they have a special. You can get two whole weeks of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Emergency food supply for only $75. That is a steal. That's cheaper than, like, taking your family out to eat, and you get two weeks of it. You can go to preparewithnews.com. That is preparewithnews.com. Get your two-week emergency food supply, and we'll be back in a minute. Is it packaged like that? Like in a tub?
Apple like a Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, if you have not gotten your tickets, Glenn and Stu, uh, they are gone. They are on the road, on tour. You can go to glennbeck.com slash tour. Go see the Addicted to Outrage tour. It's going to be really funny. I think people forget Glenn can be so serious that he's actually really funny. So should be a really good time. Uh, also, I wanted to, I'm not sure if, can we get a camera over here so I can uh, show my lovely little tank top that I have? We've got all new merchandise. It is at shop. Uh, dot theblaze.com. You can get tank tops. You can get uh, regular t-shirts. You can get, I know there's some Pat Gray Unleashed. There is. Apparel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can get. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats. Um, I think that's coffee, it right There's coffee, coffee mugs. mugs. I, heard yes. the, I heard the day it yes. went live, Pat Unleashed was the first merch to go off the shelf, too. No yeah. way. Oh, How about that? Yep. Wow. Um, and we're, we're going to have some news and why it matters uh, merchandise available also. But you can get that right now at uh, shop.theblaze.com. And then also, we are going to have a special election night coverage. Uh, it'll be the news and why it matters format. Stu's going to be at the chalkboard uh, breaking down all of the polls or all of the, the results as they're coming in. Should be a good time. Pat Gray is going to stay for a little bit, mm-hmm. even though he has to get up super early, so mm-hmm. we probably won't have him at the end. Well, I don't have to get up till 3 uh, the next Oh, one, so. that's <laughs> I have plenty of time. <laughs> oh, It'll be a lot of fun, so tune in and we'll see you in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Don Lemon, we just talked about him on the show. He had come out and said that the biggest terror threat in America is white men. He has since doubled down on what he said. Yeah, so he basically said that everyone's missing the point. He understands that he kind of did a Ben Shapiro. He was like, I understand that that hurt a lot of people's feelings, but facts trump your feelings, or facts are more important than your feelings, which is basically what he said. So what he's doing is, and I kind of nerded out on this, because I've heard, I I looked into this a while back. Um, I think it first came up when Cory Booker referenced it a few months ago, but they're referencing a 2017 GAO report. And Uh, they use it all the time now. Use it all the time. Um, which basically, and you know, let me let me ramble while I pull this up really quick. It's but. really a complicated. Uh, it depends on what your definition of uh, uh, terrorism is. Mm-hmm. It, which ones uh, are? Is your definition the amount of? Attacks or the body count okay, of I'm, the attacks. I'm glad you po- pointed that up because that's a huge, huge, huge thing to point out. So in this attack, it, it, I mean, in this report, it shows that 85, uh, there have been 85 attacks since 9-11. So they don't count 9-11, just write it. So basically from 9-12 on. So 85 total attacks, and they say that 73% are committed by right-wingers. Now, if you're purely just reading, you know, like the, you know, the bold print, or not even really kind of reading into how they got this information, then that's true. It's true. Then 73% were committed by right-wingers. But here's some things that they don't include in there. 
They also, or they don't mention, also included in this report are attacks that happened while in prison. So if there were any like Nazi skinhead, you know, like, you know, gangs in prisons, all of those attacks were included in that 83 number. Oh, man. Which is kind of weird. Like, that's, I'm, that's skewing the that's skewing the numbers pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the attacks. Prison crime should be a whole separate animal. Yeah, absolutely right? agree. I mean, and th- those are different gangs attacking different gangs. Yeah. Or who knows what those things. What, and they're, what they're, they're not doing. affiliates of the Republican Party. I don't think so. <laughs> Prison gangs. I wouldn't class those conservatives. Even, really? even the Rotary Club has cut them off. <laughs> They're rogue now. They're probably pr- very pro-gun, but that's probably the only thing we agree with. That's mm. about it. Um, also, so he mentions uh, the body count. So he, he mentions that he, in, in, in his little monologue there, he goes, so there's more of these attacks from, from white-wingers, which we've already kind of established that those are skewed, and there's other ways that those numbers are skewed. But he says that, but... It is true that attacks from uh, Islamic extremists have uh, given a higher body count. Um, and I have that number. So, okay, so 106 fatalities were for, were for far-right attacks. 119 were from, from uh, terrorists, from jihadist attacks. Now, again, this, a lot of these numbers are skewed because they don't even really go into how many attacks were foiled. And the attacks that are in the GAO, they only include attacks where there was actual fatalities um, they don't at- include any other attacks. So if an attack was foiled, mm. they don't even include that in there. Now, I did some digging around. This is number, official numbers from the Department of Homeland Security. Um, ever since uh, 9-11, from 2001 to 2013, there were 53 foiled Islamic terror attacks, which don't include ISIS. So this is pre-ISIS. So I went even further. Going beyond that, from 2014 to 2016, there were 101 foiled attacks on just ISIS alone. So not Al-Qaeda, not any other, just ISIS alone. So if we're excluding other terror attacks, Islamic terror attacks, from 2001 to uh, 2016, there were 154 foil terror attacks. Wow. 154. Now, that is greater than the total from right ring and um, uh, Islamic attacks that the GAO report even, even reported on. Way more than that. So then, because it, it, I think some of the media coverage I read of this is is taking the story as to like just which you know are the are the right wingers or the left wingers bad. I don't think that's you're you're not really getting into that. I think is I understand you're you're drawing attention away from you know there are external threats we need to be concerned about. Because like yesterday when we were on the show, uh, my my interpretation of what he said was, look, we need to be more concerned about domestic terrorism than we do about the caravan. That was my takeaway. But I think, like, am I right in thinking that you're adding this dimension as like, well, actually, there are external threats we need to be worried about? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously. To take him at his word, I think. For him to say white men are the biggest terror threat in America. More specifically, yeah, they're trying to assign blame here. They're trying to say that these people are racist or these people are the greater threat. In reality, it's all a threat. But even the numbers that they're pulling to try to assign blame are are just wrong. Like, they're they're just skewed. They're being pulled to go around their narrative that these people are bad. So Don Lemon made that, right? He he said that. And then to back it up, he used he cites this report that is skewed in itself mm. so well, well, I think so my, jason's showing how it's sure skewed. and my my thing with with all of this and not i'm not disagreeing with you but kind of the the, the meta narrative is like I'm, I'm from oklahoma from a statistical standpoint i should be worried about diabetes and heart disease those are absolutely overwhelmingly statistically the two things i need to be most worried about and then if i were to rank it from there it would be uh terrorism uh, from isis and then domestic terrorism and i put the caravan down at the bottom mm-hmm. uh, but diabetes <laughs> look it up. Far more, far more of a killer. Uh, moving on, there is a new uh, ad 
that Trump put out on his Twitter. And I know Pat and Jason, you guys have not seen it. I think no. Andrew has seen it, but yeah. I want to get your reaction. Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, please step out of the hallway. He says he wants to apply for pardon for the felony he committed. Attempt of murder. All right. So uh, for you podcast listeners and I will I'll tweet a link out to this uh, later on. But so it's basically it's showing a bunch of migrants knocking down fences uh, and it shows a trial, a previous trial from Braca Montes. That's you know, he was saying, I don't regret killing these people. I would have killed more. And I, I'm sure you could hear the, the Fox News, but a lady saying he wants to apply for a pardon. What what crime did he commit? Attempted murder. Um, and so Trump is getting a lot of flack for this ad, uh, CNN. I believe the headline was something about Trump, Trump's shockingly racist uh, ad right before the midterms. So I just wanted to get your take on whether or not you think that this is racist. I mean, I think we can have the disagreement on whether or not it's in good taste or, you know, whether or not it is uh, accurate. But do you think that that was racist? Uh, no, because they're, they're trying to make a point that we need to know who is coming into our country. And when there's eight or 10,000 people coming in at once, there's no way you can, there's no way you can know who's coming in the country. Um, they don't, the, the, and the point about the Democrats is they don't care who's coming in the country. They just think, all y'all, y'all come free. And just everybody who wants to, let's open up that border and let them flow in. Well, it should be a little more organized than that. It's, it's silly to think that among these thousands and thousands of people we know nothing about, and they, they all may be wonderful people. The odds are they're not, though. The odds are that there's going to be some bad apples among the bunch. And um, so I, I think it's a legitimate point to say, look, we should understand who these people are, why they're coming here, and they should, they should have to come legally. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Um, agree. I, I didn't see anything racist in it, although I do see how, if that's what you're looking for, you'll see that. Um, I, that was about illegal immigration, bar none. Uh, the, the images of, uh, you know, that was not about uh, people, uh, refugees or migrants going and applying as they're supposed to legally. Right. It mm -hmm. showed them, and that's exactly what happened when they went from Guatemala or from uh, Honduras and Guatemala then to Mexico. They just went through. Yeah. They, they didn't stop. They didn't talk to any officials. They went through the water, or as you saw in that video, they were just knocking down fences or pulling them down and just going anyway. They were overwhelming immigration uh, uh, personnel, and that's what they're counting on because they know that as per uh, past doctrine, they're not set up to handle 7,000 people showing up in mass. You're not going to stop that unless you deploy 15,000 troops to the border. Which, uh, which just sounds like that's kind of what we're gearing towards if that ever happens. It's a new tactic. And the way that the left and Democrats have, have handled immigration in the past, like just let them show up and then, then they can apply and stay here for a while. And then we'll just like give them a little, you know, notice to appear in court and we'll process your refugee. That's not don't. going to work anymore. Yeah. 
You will have cases like this. Are all of them like that one guy? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous and ludicrous. No. But the possibilities of more of those types showing up is very, very high. Andrew, the dissenting opinion. I am going to officially swing against Donald Trump and this ad. <laughs> uh, so, so a few things to unpack here. Uh, I'm, I'm very pro immigrant. Actually, I think most of the most of the conversations we've had on the show have been. I, I don't know, Pat, where, where your positions are because of this first time we've been on. But mm. y- usually, the, the folks on the show want more immigration, but stronger immigration control. Um, I definitely want more immigration. I, I do think it, it's inaccurate to say that Democrats are in favor of open borders. Um, I mean, President Obama deported more more people than President Bush did. I mean, he he was he deported the most people in American history. Um, so it's not like they're just they wanted a, a giant door with any type of security absent from it. If you're to listen to their discussion right now, yeah. sure sounds like they're open to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. President Obama was one thing, they but see now no problem with anything that's going on with these caravans, and there's one after another. Well, see, and that, that brings me to my next point here. I, like, I, do, I, I, I don't know about whether the ad is racist. It's definitely xenophobic, and there's a lot of overlap between xenophobia and racism. It's 100% xenophobic. The, the thing that bothers me is not so much what Trump says, and I generally dislike the stuff he says. I don't think he is a, a civil or uniting figure in, in the United States at all. Um, I'm not so much bothered by him tweeting something like this. I am bothered by him dispatching 15,000 troops like a week before the midterms. Um, I, I think that is a publicity stunt. He's using the U.S. military and national security to try and push the Republican agenda for a price tag of about $100 million. And if it's truly something that needs to be done, he could wait two days till after the midterms to do it. They're, they're two months away. Um, so that kind of thing. I'm much more worried about his actions and bothered by his actions here than I am about a tweet. Pat, what's your take on that? I'm fine with his actions on sending the military there. I, um, I, I think we have to know who these people are, and they can't just come in. You, you can't just come in. We've been doing that system for t- far too long. And are there deportations? Sure there are. But there's far more people entering the country than are being deported every year. I mean, last year it was 1.75 million people, um, both legally and illegally. Um, that's more than probably all the nations on earth combined allow to immigrate to their country. Uh, we, we can't continue to just allow this. It, it, it's something's got to be done. And if it takes the military, then I'm for that. People I'm think for it. It, it's, we have to set a precedent. Yeah. So we, that, we need so two, two soldiers for every person walking. I mean, it's what, an estimated 5,000 people coming right now. We're going to send 15,000 troops to so three people with guns for every one I mean, person walking. To be that's, fair, we don't, we don't know who they are, though. Right. But, but if you put the military in charge of a situation, like it's not Don't want overwhelming numbers. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's classic military mm-hmm. doctrine, two-to-one doctrine. That's how they have to. Like if, if, like if, a, if a colonel was saying, how do we do this? He would get yelled at and probably fired if he didn't follow classic U.S. military doctrine, which is two-to-one ratio. Um, I, when, I, I might push back a little bit on, on uh, Andrew, uh, just on that, the, the ad as being xenophobic. Um, because, I mean... Mm-hmm. The only way for people not to say that is if they somehow said, okay, well, now we have to add in immigrants from coming in from North Africa. Now we have to add in immigrants coming from, uh, that's currently not the threat. That's, curr- that's currently the threat if you're in the Med- you know, across the Mediterranean Europe right now. Um, but they're also be call- calling xenophobic but, they're at- xenophobic, but they're just calling out the threat as they see it. Right now, that is our threat. Mexico is not being called xenophobic, but they deport 
vast, vastly more people than we do. They report, uh, I can't remember how many it was last year alone. And much but it was more stringent laws. Yes. Much more stringent. I think it was like 50,000 deportations. And they were all from uh, uh, South America. But sure, no one's calling Mexicans uh, xenophobic. They're just calling it as what the threat is. They're reacting to the threat. But just because of the situation, we're in, I think my opinion from the political climate we are, anything they do, whether it's uh, dealing with the southern border, oh, you're racist, you're xenophobic. And I just, I have a problem. Yeah, if we had some, uh, like, crazy Canadian gang coming, trying to sneak across the border, I feel like he would probably react the same way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure that it's about the the race or, you know, uh, where it's from so much as just the influx of people coming in that we don't know who they are. You know, we, we need to have borders. We need to we need to check on that. Like, I'm not saying that we should have zero security for that, whatever, whatever. But I, I do think um, Trump is exploiting an us versus them mindset. I, I think that that is... Uh, a, a political tactic and, and not just he's looking at the situation going, oh, I am going to very judiciously apply policy to this particular situation. I think that this is um, an emotional situation he's doing to inflame people in order to vote. I, I, I can agree with that. I, I think it's, it's a very big thing today is an us versus them. That's all it's become. It doesn't actually, that, that's kind of why I like Larry Sharp is because even though sometimes yeah. I think that he's impossible. He's out of the box. He's so out of the box. He's not dealing just with, hey, this is the problem, this is yeah. the problem, but hey, here are some out of the box solutions and, that and maybe we can fix these. look things. at it systemically as opposed to like, yay, my team, boo, your team. Yeah. It's more like these, these ideas are outdated and bad. Here's some other ideas we can do. Notice I, how no I, one's even talking about comprehensive immigration reform. No one's talking about that. That could save a lot of this illegal immigration if you just make it easier for people to apply and actually get in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love the healthy debate, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. So today's comment or question from The Blaze Y, and everyone remember to be tweeting us using the hashtag The Blaze Y. For you podcast listeners, that's W-H-Y. Uh, Constitutional Tris saw the chicken, the bucket of chicken, on the table yesterday instead of the broccoli and cauliflower and said, would it be possible to replace the cauliflower with the chicken on a permanent basis? Uh, Glenn is not here to answer, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Could, could we just put one glob of chicken here? Just so one, sort of like, like a, a salad leg. with a little bit of chicken? Yeah. Or just paint the chicken green. He'd be all about it. That's I think true. We should it's do just that. the greenery just that the green. he needs. <laughs> I don't want that kind of temptation here at the table every day, though. I do. So if he didn't I'm just, I, wanna... I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I do too. And then uh, yesterday's poll question, should children born to illegal immigrants in the U.S. be granted automatic citizenship? 88% of you said no. 6% said yes. 6% said not sure. Today's poll question, in its current state, do you believe the press is effectively working as a check of power for our elected officials? <laughs> A hundred percent of you better say no. No, they're not. They're mm. awful. Except us. So right. continue to watch us. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Mm. And pass back tomorrow. Yay! Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.